Shapers on Jazz FM. Listen in color. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. That was the famous voice of Ella Fitzgerald with Get Happy. Good morning, it's me, Elliot Moss, here on Jazz FM's Jazz Shapers, the place where you can hear the very best of those people who are shaping the world of jazz, blues and soul, alongside their equivalents in the world of business, business giants or business shapers, as we call them here. My business shaper today is Frank Meehan. He's the co-founder of at least two businesses, lots more, and you'll be hearing from him very quickly, very shortly. One's called SmartUp, and it's a collaborative platform for entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs who want to be entrepreneurs but aren't quite there yet, as well as Spark Labs, which is an investment company which invests in early-stage internet-based things. He's doing a lot, and you're going to be learning a lot very shortly. In addition to hearing from Frank, you'll also be hearing some words from our programme partners at Mishkondorea, some words of advice for your business. And on top of all of that, of course, some brilliant music from the shapers of jazz, blues and soul, including the elder statesman, John Lee Hooker, Dizzy Gillespie, and this from the brilliant Robert Glasper. That was What Are We Doing, featuring Brandy on vocals, you probably knew that, with Robert Glasper and the Robert Glasper Experiment. Frank Meehan is my business shaper today, and as I said, he's the co-founder of many, many things, and he's been involved in the web world for a very, very long time. SmartUp is the primary business. Uh, It's a a platform for entrepreneurs to be online. He's in business with Brent Hoberman, a previous business shaper, Luke Johnson, a previous business shaper, amongst others. Um, that's one of his businesses, and he's also an investor. He's part of Spark Labs, the co-founder there of an investment company, again, in the web. There's a trend here, um, Frank, and thank you so much for joining me. You're one of those people that has been involved in the world of the internet, in the world of coding, in the world of the technology that sits behind so many things. When did you get into it? When did you know that you were going to go into technology and things? Let's start back there. Oh, back then? Wow, that was when Dad put an Apple IIe or something in front of me as a, as a very young kid. And then, um, and then I, started, um, I started playing around with things. And uh, actually, my parents' place is, is a bit chaotic. Um, and there were books everywhere, and I just wanted to try and catalogue things, and I wanted to actually try and get some order into it. So I started writing little databases on the, on the computer and um, and then started moving on with that and started using those at the school. And then I started the computer club at the school in the late 80s. Now, it wasn't very cool to start a computer club at school in the late 80s. It is now, but it wasn't then. And, um, uh, and uh, then I ended up in Sweden, and uh, my first job after um, university was as a coder um, with Ericsson. They sent me all around the world as a young kid, hacking into telephone systems around the world doing interesting experiments for uh, governments asking for different things. Uh, it was great fun. 
And Bill Gates did say, of course, that the geeks will inherit the world, and he's right. And the, the geek sitting in front of me is, as you can probably tell from his accent, is Australian. Um, he has travelled around the world, and we'll talk about these various uh, sojourns that he's had. But he's also the geek. The geeks these days that wear black t-shirts and jeans, which he is doing as well. It's sort of the Duriger thing. Frank, you're obviously you love your technology, and um, I have children, and those children love their technology. But it wasn't at that point in the '80s what people did. Now you grow up online. You didn't grow up online then uh, in the '90s when I indeed was a, a young person, a young age now. What do you think drew you to it? Because you obviously like to know how things work. What was it then, the computer club and all those other things that, that set you up? Why that? I think it was just, a, you know, you just want to make things, you know. And it seems that my little, uh, my little eight-year-old has inherited that as well. You know, him and his mates, they just want to make things, right? And I, it's fascinating, you know. I think for the 21st century, uh, I think entrepreneurship and just creating things is going to be the number one profession, it's just going to, I mean, you know, you've got kids who just don't want to get into the, the old corporate life anymore, which makes it very interesting because corporates find it really hard to get the, the best talent now. But back when I was starting off, you, you went for a corporate job, you know, you went off and you started off in the corporate world. And um, but these days it's all changed and it's fast and it's just brilliant how, how fast it's changed the last 20 years watching it. Stay with me to find out exactly what Frank has been up to, and I've only touched the the very surface of it, and there's been just extraordinary amounts of things, but predicated on an interest in how things work, and then, as, as Frank quite aptly put it, making things. Time for some music. This is Bang Bang from Mr Dizzy Gillespie. Some things just don't date, and that's one of them. That's Bang Bang from Dizzy Gillespie. Frank Meehan is my business shaper today. He's the co-founder of Spark Labs. They're an investment company. They invest in early-stage um, web-based businesses and also Smart Up, which is a business in collaboration for, for entrepreneurs, a platform online set up by other entrepreneurs, including Brent Hoberman and Luke Johnson, to name but a couple pretty eminent people. Now, Frank, just um, I'm going to jump forwards for a minute. In a nutshell, describe to me how you have gone out and pitched smart up and also how you have gone out and pitched what you do for in spark labs because some people listening will go i kind of know what investment means over here i kind of know what we're talking about but nail it for me just for a moment yeah sure well let's take let's take um spark labs to start with so we set up spark labs a couple of years ago firstly as an accelerator in korea because we saw korea was about to go boom um from a internet um you know entrepreneurial perspective which it has and uh, and then we set up the global fund about fourteen months ago, and it's uh, so my partners are in San Francisco, Seoul, Singapore, um, Tel Aviv, and and London, and, and all places where you believe that there's ha- interesting things happening absolutely. in the world of entrepreneurialism and the te- and technology. Yeah, absolutely, and and it was just about you know good companies are going global faster than ever beforehand because people can find their products anywhere, and uh, but most investors are very local, so we decided to set up six circles of influence and to help Asian companies go to the US. US companies go to Asia, et cetera, um, by having people on the ground. It's really worked. We made 45 investments in 14 months. 
um, around the world um, and, you know, really heavily concentrating in the fintech scene here in London, which is booming. That's financial technology. Financial technology, your Bitcoin stuff and yeah. your transfer wires and these guys, which are just, you know, reshaping the market. And fascinating. Quant- quantum wise, we're talking about what, minimum 25,000 US? Is that right? Or is it much, much higher than no, that? No, no. We, so we do um, roughly been like, sort of like 300 to 500,000 US investments. And that's your minimum. Yeah, okay. yeah, into um, into people that are raising sort of like one to four million dollars, and you take a stake of equity we for do. that. You yeah. do, yes, yeah, he says, licking his lips. <laughs> no, but I mean, then they get serious. I mean, j- just to say, also one of the things we haven't even touched on. You've been on many boards. I mean, you've sat on the Siri board, as I understand it, yeah. the Spotify board. I mean, these are brands that that anyone who understands a little bit about technology, and that's most of us now, would know that they are the most famous, the most successful brands out there. Siri got bought by Apple, obviously, mm-hmm. and is now supplying us all with interesting mm. facts and figures at our fingertips. So that's that's the, the 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 Spark Ventures piece and then just briefly on Smart the Smart Up piece. Yeah, so to Brent and I, you know, and and Luke and all, a, a huge bunch of entrepreneurs, we we've, we've been we wanted to figure out how to mentor at scale because um you know, there's hundreds of millions of people out there now who are thinking of joining startups or doing startups around the world, not just in digital but in anything. And uh, it's getting very entrepreneurial. And we wanted to figure out how do we reach that smart kid in Shanghai or down in Africa or over in Eastern Europe? And how do we get Brent's brain and Luke's brain to them um, in the right way? So through software, drawing on my experience from Siri and personal assistance, we're developing this kind of smart mentoring uh, system. Uh, where we ask you lots of questions, we get you very, very, you know, very personalized and in the context of what you are trying to do yourself and try and help you through that. Well, that sounds a bit good, doesn't it? Smartup.io, in case you're interested in doing that. Lots more coming up from my business show today, Frank and co-founder of at least two ventures that we know of today. It's a bit like children around the world, at least two that we know, um, and there's probably more coming. We've got the latest travel in a couple of minutes, but before that, we've got some words of advice for your business from our programme partners at Mishkondere. My name's Andre Yurkiu. I'm a partner in the competition group at Mishkondorea. Now, competition law, you may be thinking this is to do with uh, winning a prize. Uh, No, this isn't what we do. This is trying to help businesses, large and small, uh, with problems that they encounter in their day-to-day business dealings. Now, one of the issues that we very regularly are asked to advise on is when you have a new startup is trying to make a name for itself in the market. And uh, sometimes the existing players... We'll all uh, have a cosy chat and decide uh, there's not enough room for a new business coming in here and they might decide to uh, engage in a campaign of activity to make it harder for you uh, to develop your business. Uh, It's the classic David and Goliath story uh, and very often we can use the tools available under the competition rules to help small businesses who feel that they're being kept out of a market. Uh, A classic example could be a new broadband provider who comes in and finds it's very, very expensive for them to access a relevant network. Well, we may be able to find out for you that actually the price you're being charged uh, is far more expensive than it should really be. And obviously, uh, your costs are going to be very important to you. They're going to be very key to you making a profit. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mishkondorea. It's business, but it's personal. 
You're listening to Jazz Shapers with me, Elliot Moss, every Saturday morning, 9am sharp till 10, I get to talk to someone who's shaping the world of business. Uh, And if you've missed any of the previous hundreds almost, in fact almost 200 guests that I've had on the programme, go into iTunes and put in the words Jazz and Shapers, you can find us there. BA High Life is a destination for you if you happen to be in the skies shortly or even in the long haul, long term. And City AM is another destination where you will be able to profile, see lots of profiles of my fantastic guests. My fantastic guest today is Frank Meehan. He is the co-founder of Spark Ventures and Smart Up. Io, one of which is designed in, in a direct way to help you with your business. Another one is designed behind the scenes to help your business from an investment and, a, and an advice perspective. Frank, your background, as we said earlier, is that of um, a technologist. You're a, you're a coder by trade. You've bridged that gap between engineering and marketing. Do you think that the world of the the world of successful people, and I've been privileged enough to meet a few, quite a few, is made up of those bridges? Because it isn't that you've got one skill set. Or even that you've got two, you've probably got a third, which is management and knowing how to take a business forward. You've collected those. You're now using them all. Could you have done it without any one of the bits that you've picked up along the way? Uh, it's a really interesting question. I mean, I, I did an engineering degree. I haven't done an MBA. I haven't done anything else since the engineering and the, and the science degrees. So, um, you know, those are things that I just picked up uh, along the way doing a lot of different fun things. Um, I think that's the... That's the future. People are going to be trying out different things and learning. But you can see that the, the, the ones who do really well are the ones who, who do pick up multiple skills along the way. I think it is pretty critical. You mentioned earlier also that, that, that great talent now is moving straight into their own setups rather than corporates. Your background and, and my background too is in the world of big companies. Um, you've run teams of over 100 people. You've run procurement. You've developed and tested devices and apps. And I think you're one of the people behind the Android headset, uh, the Android handset, excuse me, and, that, and, and launching that. Is that corporate experience critical for you? And do you think there's a whole generation of entrepreneurs missing out? No, not at all. I think from for, at the time, of course, you know, as we as we said before, you know, in the in the in the nineties, it was you went and joined a corporate at that time, and and I had a great time, and and also you know traveled around the world with them, and and worked with some brilliant people at Hutchison. But I think now it's it's very different. But look, at the end of the day, when you you know Spotify one day is going to be a corporate, Google is a corporate, and Facebook is a corporate, Uber is probably on its way to becoming a corporate. So a lot of these, you know, a lot of these startups um, are going there now. It's really interesting because. A lot of the guys who are starting these companies haven't had the experience of a corporate and so and so when they get to managing two three thousand people it's a really interesting problem for them I think Mark Zuckerberg's done an amazing job with Cheryl in terms of running Facebook well I don't think maybe Twitter has done as well as running a corporate as they probably think they should have so I think the skill set is an interesting one and, and how you match it and that scale up point that thing of moving from the skunk setup which is, as you said, is a, is a Facebook one day and then suddenly a multinational corporation the next. What do you see as the main challenges? Because this is a really important topic at the moment. How? What are the two or three big things that these these guys need to think about? Um, I think you know what I what I really I think someone made the point really well about the difference between, say, for instance, Facebook and and Twitter. You know, Facebook hired 
some great guys who had done it before. They were kind of like the guys in the chinos, you know, who'd had their clip-on Blackberries on their belts. And they weren't that cool for Silicon Valley, but they were out of Microsoft or AT&T and they'd just scaled massive systems and they knew how to do it and they just got down to work and they didn't care about being cool. They just cared about making Facebook an amazing success. I think some of the other companies in the Valley care more about being cool and have struggled to scale a little bit. Um, and I think the way Facebook did it was amazingly smart. So scale up and grow up a little bit too, probably, but not too much. Time for some music before we hear more from Frank, my business shape today, Frank Meehan. This is The Elder Statesman with the anthemic Montreux Sunrise. That was the Elder Statesman with Montreux Sunrise. The Elder Statesman, for the record, are Kiwis. And my friend Frank Meehan here is an Aussie. Yeah, we thought we'd make the connection there, just in case you may not have spotted it. Frank, we were talking about about scaling up and about growing up. You've obviously now, you've been in the industry for sort of 15, 20 years. You've set companies up. You've, set, you've sat on boards. What is the bit that's the most satisfying for you now? Because you are an entrepreneur, but you're also an investor in entrepreneurs. Where does it sit? What really buzzes you every day? I think buzzes me is just making a product or watching a product being built um, and just watching them grow a market and get the get the consumer or the business really, really interested in it. Like, so for me, I try to make a really simple rule when I'm investing. I like to invest in things that people will use every day. Uh, simple things, but just something that is used every day, whether it's in business or whether it's personal. I don't like to invest in things that people might use once a month or twice a month. Um, so I like in a deep engagement. But satisfying for me is, you know, watching my little eight-year-old and his friends, you know, frankly, interact in ways that are just mind-blowing. I mean, they are wanting to create things and do things and just, you know, build things, which is amazing. I invested in, you know, as part of the board on Nick Delacio, Sumley, you know, when he was 15, take, you know, that journey when Nick went from 15 to 17 was amazing. I mean, Nick was uh, just a brain and uh, just soaked up the knowledge from everybody and just turned it around beautifully and invested in another couple of great guys, um, Ed and Kit, who've just started um, – just finishing school now. They started this. Uh, they've already they've already had a company which I invested in in with David Rowan as well from Wired, and um, and now they've got this thing called Young Founders, where they're all they basically are going to be running workshops this summer for um, kids under eighteen, help them start their own companies, hackathons, etc. I, I just you know this is what I buzz off. And it sounds like you buzz off having multiple things to go on, and it doesn't look like you get stressed unless you're just really. You're hiding the, the, the deep stress that you have. You don't look like a stress kind of guy. And yet, with all these moving pieces, one would think, I mean, how do you keep yourself emotionally, uh, distance is the wrong word, but emotionally kind of away from really getting angsty about all the different investments you've made? Because it strikes me that would be that would be quite stressful. So I think anyone who's ever known me over the years, it's always going to be, God, Frank's got a good team looking after him. I mean, and that's really true. I mean, I've always had an amazing bunch of people who are, you know, working on things, you know, moving things around, keeping things under operational control. Something must stress you out, Frank. Yeah, maybe cricket and making sure that Australia wins the World Cup. But other than that, you know, it's it's pretty good. You want to be in business with this man, definitely. I certainly do. Final chat coming up with Frank. Plus, we'll hear some classic blues from John Lee Hooker. That's after the latest traffic and travel here at Jazz FM. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business 
but it's personal. from Mr. John Lee Hooker. Frank Meehan is my business shaper just for a few more precious minutes. And we've talked about all sorts of things. The fact you don't get stressed on the whole, apart from being stressed by cricket. Um, The fact that you're comfortable making investments multiply across the piece and still creating your own things. There must have been disappointments along the way, Frank. There's no one that gets away with it doing what you do in a a very fast-moving industry. When you have had them, how have you dealt with them? Yeah, look, absolutely. I mean, we had a, I had a um, great handset company called Inc Mobile, and we were like pioneers in integrating internet onto mobile comms and built these great handsets, Skype phones, Facebook phones, um, back in the in the late two thousands, and we did really, really well. Um, but I think we should have shifted from hardware and taken our software and put it across multiple devices instead of just concentrating on our own brand hardware earlier than we did. Um, and uh, that was really interesting in dealing with that. That was a, that was a hard process because we'd grown from a company of 30 winning huge amounts of awards and shifting a lot of product to 200 and, uh, and starting to run into trouble. But how did that make you feel? Um, well, it made me feel like I really just wanted to um, – to turn the company around faster than I could. Um, and I learned a couple of lessons there, I think, in terms of, you know, in terms of turnaround when you've got a company that big, that's grown that fast and you have to move fast to um, go with the flow is that you need to be pretty ruthless about it. Mm. Um, and, and, and are you the same when it comes to investments, when they're really not working out? At what point do you become ruth- ruthless and pull the plug? Yeah, you have to be pretty ruthless. I mean, you know, look, the thing with investments is that the main thing is that the entrepreneurs and the founders behind it need to be in touch with you all the time and telling you that there's a problem. The worst thing, and it happens a lot, is when you get an email out of nowhere, you haven't heard from them for six months, and then two months, you know, we're going to run out of money in two months. Hey, can you give us some money? And we're like, no, right? Because, you know, and what they think is you've already got money into us. So, of course, you're going to put more money into supporting us. And I, well, actually, no, I've got 500,000, which I'm either going to put into you um, or I'm going to put into something else, which might do even better. And I think entrepreneurs fail to understand that, even second or third time entrepreneurs sometimes that, you know, you've really got to just stay in touch with your investors. As you look forward now, um, where's it all going to go? Are you going to carry on making things yourself? Are you going to carry on investing in other people making things? Are you going to do both? I think I'm always going to do both. I think um, as we, because uh, I like building things, um, I will, I think we're, you know, with SmartUp, we've, SmartUp is a really, really important thing for me because I think there is a huge need for early stage entrepreneurs, the onboarding of them onto the entrepreneurial journey. That's still a, a, a bit of a mystery for a lot of people. And I, I see that all the time. I get asked the same questions every city I go to. So it was like, how do I just address these questions and help people do that? I think Brent and Luke and, you know, we all see the same thing. So that's really fascinating. But I love seeing what's going on and, you know, having a global perspective across Asia, the US, 
um, you know, Israel and Europe is fantastic because we really do see what's going on. But I'm, I'm super excited about Asia. I think Asia is just uh, obviously, you know, it is booming, but it really, really is booming. And it, it won't be too long before Silicon Valley finally has, uh, has a challenger, I think. And just before I ask you your song choice, it, 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 it strikes me that you do believe that there's a, an entrepreneurial an entrepreneurial spirit but that it can be taught to a point. I mean, all the things you're talking about now about mentoring, the way that you invest, you're helping people. So am I right in thinking that there's a balancing act between people who've just got the raw materials, and maybe that's a you, versus people that might need a bit of a leg up? I mean, is there something in a person that helps them become and defines them as an entrepreneur? Or is it totally, is, can it all be taught? Um, I think it's not actually really, what we're not trying to do is teach people. It's actually, they just want the right advice at the right time. And it's extremely hard to get an advisor of top quality on the phone to ask them that question at the right time, unless you're like a third or second, fourth time incredibly networked founder. So we're trying to do that. It's just people have the same questions and they need to an answer at that particular time. So that's what we're, we're trying to do. I think it's a bit of a just help them at the right time. The on-demand man is here. Thank you so much for being my business shaper today, Frank. It's been fascinating. Just before I let you go, what's your song choice and why have you chosen it? Yeah, well, I used to be in a jazz band, actually, and I used to play in Sweden, um, and we used to play there. We used to play Birdland um, by Weather Report, so I've got, to, I've got to hear it again. Do you want to introduce it in Swedish? <laughs> you said you could speak Swedish. I want to hear it. Come on. Birdland by Weather Report, but Frank Mann's going to introduce it in Swedish. Birdland from Weather Report. That was an exclusive, and here it is. Thank you so much. That was Birdland by Weather Report, the song choice of my business shaper today, Frank Meehan, the relaxed Australian boy. It would have been impossible to stress him out about anything. A fan of technology from a very, very young age, that's where it began for him, and somewhat of a multitasker. The ability to set up businesses, to invest in businesses, and to do many of those things at the same time. Fantastic stuff. Join me again, same time, same place. That's 9am here on Jazz FM next Saturday morning. In the meantime, though, stay with us because coming up next, it's Nigel Williams. Jazz Shapers on Jazz FM. In partnership with Mish Rea. It's business, but it's personal.